0: All right, we're back on the podcast. I have a special gal on the airwaves joining me today to dive into certain mental health relatable topics. She's a mental health enthusiast and the host of the New Advice podcast, Amanda DeRocher, welcome onto the podcast.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me on.
0: I'm so excited to have you on. You know, we've been we've been meaning to do this for a bit now and uh, we're now here. So how you feeling? How's the day going?
1: today's good yeah i'm excited to be here um as an entrepreneur who does a podcast a solo podcast i do most of my days by myself so it's always nice when i get to connect with somebody else
0: yes yes it's very relatable between both of us um no i'm really excited to get into your own story and your own journey and we have a lot to talk about in regards to mental health and i think this episode is going to help a lot of people um feel into what they're going through too so um would love to hear about your own story, why you've started your own podcast, but really like your own journey and just everything that you've gone through and your experiences in life.
1: Yeah. So my healing journey started in my early 20s with the death of a close friend. My friend died unexpectedly, and it was a real shock for me. And not only was I grieving the death of this friend, but I also kind of was grieving the life that... I had because all of a sudden I realized I was incredibly unhappy and I had always been unhappy and I didn't realize how I had gotten unhappy. I like to call it my lights on moment. So the visual I get when I describe this is when my friend died, I had I was in a dark room with all the lights off and then all of a sudden the lights got switched on and the room was covered in dirt. The windows were broken. Clothes were everywhere. And I was like, how the heck did I get here? And slowly over the years, I started to unravel all the different things that led me to where I was in that moment. I would say that was probably one of, you know what, that was probably one of my rock bottoms. I don't even know if that was the worst. But throughout my healing journey, I started to look at my upbringing, the traumas I've survived, which include sexual assault and rape, and how all those events affected me in ways that I didn't know. So I was living very unconsciously. And I consider the healing journey a journey home to self and really learning how to live intentionally and start to bring consciousness to our lives. I think so many people are living on autopilot. And when oftentimes trauma, such as a death, brings us to that conscious moment where we kind of get snapped out of that autopilot. That's what happened for me
0: yeah it's true i think like a lot of it gets dropped down to the subconscious than the unconscious right and if we can always work through getting everything up to the conscious brain that's important it's so good that you're self-aware of that because that's what we're striving for every day right
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: wow you i mean that's that's wild i think a lot of what you just said people have gone through too in their lives and it's not easy it's not easy but it's important to um i think work through it and to I think a lot of people have a hard time grieving, right? And getting through the stuff like that because it's it's very uncomfortable. And I would know too. I I lost my sister at the age of 23. And it it wasn't it wasn't easy and it still isn't, but being spiritual, I'm connected to her more than ever now and it's it's helped me. But I guess um when was it when you were just like I'm going to I'm going to step up to the plate. I'm going to be vulnerable and open with people to share my experience to Relate with them if they need the help in hearing my story.
1: So it was two years ago I started my podcast, and it was because on my own healing journey, I had felt so much shame along the way. I had tried to share the things I had survived, one being being raped as a child, which makes people incredibly uncomfortable. I get it. It is like an uncomfortable thing. But I found throughout my own journey that I was. Craving to be seen in my pain, and nobody could see me. Like, people had this wall because so many people can't see their own pain. And so, I started my podcast because I wanted to create a place where I can have vulnerable and open conversations. I do the work, I look at my own pain, so it creates space for me to hold space for others. And I view that as a gift that I can give to the world. You know, I think when you start healing, you just want to start being of service. You want to share the knowledge you have with others. And that's what I found and why I started my podcast, because I think shame is one of the biggest culprits to uh, why people continue to live unconsciously and why people live in so much pain.
0: That's a beautiful response. You know, it's funny because I was talking about this on my last episode. We tend to, Just from a younger uh, age in childhood, we tend to be programmed to think it's our fault with what we've gone through, right? And I'm sure you can relate with me on that with the experiences we've gone through through our trauma. And it's really working towards reprogramming and rewiring the things within us to know that it isn't our fault, and we can't let go of resentment. We can't let go of shame because it kind of it gets it gets pointed back to ourselves as children. You know, we learn how to to not love ourselves anymore because of what we've gone through. And it's really tricky because as a kid, you just don't understand. As adults now, we do, right? Um, I think this is a great way to transition now into the next subject, and that's letting go of resentment. How have you worked through that? I'd love to hear just your experience in letting go of resentment through the experiences you've had in your past.
1: Yeah, so I lived with a lot of resentment for a very long time. I didn't understand how to forgive. I felt like forgiveness and letting go of resentments was condoning the actions that happened to me. I've survived some things that, I don't wanna say unspeakable, cause I do speak about them, but that people would label unspeakable because they're just so horrific for a lot of people to comprehend. And how is that forgivable? You know, that's what I lived with for a very long time. But through my own healing, I understood that letting go of my resentment, my anger, the pain I was holding onto, it never condones somebody's actions. It's freeing myself. It's that I don't deserve to live with this resentment. I don't deserve to live with the fears that that instance put on me. I don't deserve to live with the anger I have. I deserve to be free of that experience because the things we survive in those moments in time, even just one moment of a parent giving you criticism is one moment in time. And we deserve to live our lives in the present moment. But it's often those fears and those resentments that are holding us to the past are holding us, I view it like in chains. And it's by letting go of those resentments that we're able to free ourselves. And so that feeling of freedom is what I look at when letting go of resentment, if that makes sense.
0: The, absolutely. That's a huge deal. You described that so well. So thank you. <laughs> um, I, I I can relate with that. I think I think even as small as a thing of criticism can be a very big thing to me. I think, you know, we we have to be able to feel safe in any environment we're in. And it kind of is out of our control when we come into, you know, when we're born and we're into an environment where it's like, we have no control over it. So it's it's knowing that the people we've been around have done the best they can, right? But at the same time, we deserve the best because it's just, we deserve to have boundaries, right? I mean, I've always like, I've been touching more on that stuff. And um, I just think that like, it's just, it's not your fault for what you've gone through, right? And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for what, you know, standing up to 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 stand firm in what you believe in. And it's even being on a podcast that you have to describe how you feel, to get people through their their experiences is huge. It's healing. Isn't it pretty healing to do that?
1: Yeah, I when I first started my podcast, I didn't realize how much it was healing me as I was helping others to heal. And it's been such a blessing in so many ways. Even I had like the hardest year of my life last year, you know, like September to September, I would say. And the support I got through my podcast, like encouraged me to move forward. And it was just so, it was so like touching for me to see that. Like, yeah, it was almost like an infinity loop, like by showing up for others, others were able to show up for me. And I allowed that support in, in a way I ha- I didn't for a very long time.
0: That's amazing. Well, you, uh, me listening to your podcast. So I want to tell the listeners, like, I was just kind of, rambling on spotify like i just want to find an episode around anger right that because we get obviously anger can build up over time through the experiences we have with pain and and trauma and ptsd and i came across your your episode around it and i was like oh my gosh you gotta have her on i gotta get her you know (laughs) kind of prospecting my way through uh through these episodes with people and i just it the way you the way you put things together the way your view is on things and how you articulate just everything with how you feel is so beautiful. I want to say that. You do a great job. And it's um it it can it, it's such an impactful thing to hear somebody to be so open with how they feel and like what they've gone through. Like I know that people have came to me and they're like you in, you inspire me. You inspire me for, you know, my my romantic relationship is on the right track now because I listen to you and it's like That means the the world to me to hear that. And I'm sure you can relate to that with people coming to you and saying, hey, you're making a difference in my life.
1: Yeah. And thank you for saying that, especially about the anger episode. I love talking about anger, but I also love it because one of my wounds as a child was being overly emotional, was being overly dramatic, too sensitive, having too many feelings. And so... At this point in my life, I'm very grateful that I've found a way to turn what was once my greatest pain and the thing I was shamed the most for into my greatest gift, but it wasn't always that way. So it does still feel nice when somebody can recognize that.
0: Absolutely. Isn't it? Yeah. I think it, the, the most beautiful thing is to have people come in your life that get you, that fully yes. accept you. I, I grew up as a highly sensitive kid and I grew up to think that that was a problem, you know? It's not, it's not my fault for that. And I think that uh, the people who judge me or criticize or, or thought that it was wrong had their own upbringing of being told it's wrong for you to cry. It's wrong for you to, to uh, just be overly emotional. I think it's the greatest gift to be highly sensitive. I think it is n- no doubt. And that's why like me with my spirituality, I'm able to connect with it very well, to feel emotion, to feel energy. And and it's a, it's a complete gift. So I want everyone to know and remind them, Amanda will too, is that if you are highly sensitive, you never took up space, you never were too much. And it is a beautiful gift to have, to be born with being highly sensitive. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that we're shamed out of our emotions as humans, but as humans, we are emotional beings. That's like what we are to our core. We're spiritual beings. I always like to say we're spiritual beings having a human experience, but part of that is our emotions, our capability of feeling everything. And I think that that's what life is. It's learning to feel the pain and also the joy. You know, you can't really have one without the other. So it's like if you can feel the depths of pain, you can also feel the like strong feelings of joy. And that's such a gift. And when we shut off our emotions, we also shut off our hearts and our hearts are what connect us to others. It's what creates intimacy and connection. And that's truly what we're all looking for. Because I believe life is about love. So we're here to love ourselves, love each other and show up in different acts of love. But all that requires a healthy relationship with your emotions, as well as allowing other people their feelings, but not trying to fix one another.
0: Yeah. Never like changing the person across from you and fully supporting them. That is so important. I've learned that. I want to transition to the next subject. And I want to talk about men and how things have been conditioned with them in society, I I am someone who wants to show up as a good role model and example for men on my podcast to show that, hey, it's okay to, to share how you feel. It's okay to be expressive and to be vulnerable. I think that so many men in today's society is just taught that you can't cry, you can't share how you feel. And I think that has a huge impact on their own romantic relationships with their woman honestly. And that's what I think a lot of females look for in a man is that divine masculine and feminine balance. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to touch on that. I think it's very important to touch on men coming into their own to really unlock that in them to express themselves.
1: Yeah. I think that so much of what we're craving as humans, especially in romantic partnerships, is intimacy. And in order to have intimacy, you have to have vulnerability. And vulnerability requires opening yourself up opening your heart up and allowing yourself to be vulnerable which is often emotional and being in touch with your emotions and as a society we've really shamed men i the phrase coming to mind right now is like be a man i think that that means something different to everybody but it in a way means that emotions are weak you know you're here to protect you're here to provide and it's created this really unhealthy balance in our society where women almost take on too many feelings and men don't take on enough feelings and then it creates imbalance. So it's, you know, men have to come into their own emotionally, but in a healthy way and women have to allow men to come into their emotions. I think that that's another part of the conversation is that many women think they want a man who's emotional. And then when he is emotional, they're like, what's happening? And it's like, this is part of the process. This is in order for you to have that intimacy, in order for you to see somebody fully, you have to allow them a the full human experience. You can't have them, quote unquote, be a man and see you in all your feelings without seeing them in all their feelings. It's Amazing. a give and take.
0: Give and take. It's a fine dance. That's what it mm-hmm. is. Because I think that it's so important for any man to show up as that leader um, as the provider, as someone who can take control, which I'm all about. But how about that feminine side where we could be loving and nurturing too towards our person? And I think people forget that. And I want to promote that really. I think it's so important to have that fine balance. And I think there's going to be days where in a, in, a, in a relationship, the female and man who it's going to be, you know, one's going to show up as a masculine. One's going to show up as the feminine, I think on certain days. And that's okay. I, I really love leaning on my feminine side with uh, whomever I'm with, and I think that's a good point in what you just said,
1: yeah, and I love that you say that because I love to lean on my masculine side, too. you know, there's days where like my partner really like creates this like soft space so I can show up fully as my strong self with whatever i'm going through or whatever i have so it we do have to we've worked on it for 12 years we've been together for a long time but like we create that balance for each other and i like being able to show up in my masculine way and my strength you know and i haven't always been able to do that so i feel like it's a real gift to be able to create that in relationship
0: yeah when you i'm sure that well 12 years you said right yes that's a good while that's awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like he like gives you the opportunity to express that and be just fully you, to embrace that side of you. You know, I think that's so important. I, I like for me when I'm in a relationship, I want her to just thrive and you know, I think it's so important too to be like <laughs> To be like a i want to be like a hype man for my girl you know like just pump her up every day let her know how like important she is i think sometimes we forget to show gratitude towards our person too which it's it's so important to make sure that the the person across from you is so unconditionally loved I mean, would you agree with that
1: yeah definitely and i think it's so easy to take the people closest to us for granted you know i think I forget the exact quote, but it's that oftentimes we treat strangers kinder than we treat the nicest people, like the people closest to us. It's because it, the people closest to us, we can we know we can be that like angry self or that not put together self. But really, it's important to remember to also be that kind version, that compassionate, that loving version, and not to take the people across from you, like you were saying, for granted. Because They deserve to feel loved as well. And and that's what we want too, right? So in relationship, it's learning how to be able to be seen in all of it, but remembering to show up in a kind way. I know that was something I had to learn throughout my relationship was that words of affirmation is my partner's love language. It did not come naturally to me. I was criticized my whole upbringing. I just assumed he knew I loved him. I just assumed he knew I was proud of him. I just assumed he knew. And one day when we were having one of those vulnerable conversations, he was like, you know, I could just use a little bit more affirmation. And it was one of those like, oh, shit moments where I had to think about it. And I was like, dang, I am really critical. Uh, Like I took that on from my parents. That's how they interact with each other. So I just continued that pattern until somebody called me out on it. I think it's easy to fall into.
0: So good to to know that, you know, because I think a lot of people don't understand like their own upbringings and how they're kind of molded into who they are right? Mm -hmm. And wow, that's so cool of you to say. What a vulnerable thing to say. Thank you for that. Um, You know, another thing in relationships too, Amanda, I think that one of the biggest things I think when I start my new relationship with whomever it is, it's laying down the foundation of how we will handle conflict. How will Mm -hmm. we handle disagreements? Because that's the true test. How are we going to self-soothe and self-regulate also co-regulate right but how are we going to show up to know that we don't have to be codependent on the other person to regulate and to I, I think it's like I was learning about the void and the anxious and how like the voiding wants to go away the anxious wants to fix it right then and there I've been that guy <laughs> but I know that it's like it's it's finding yourself to really lean in and like know to be independent and and, and really like I said, self regulation is huge. So, like, how, wh- what have you found in your own relationship where it's like, how do you guys handle conflict and coming together as a team, right?
1: Yeah. So, since we've been together so long, we've just like been through all of it. So, like, at the beginning, I was that person who would scream, have all these feelings. He would completely like check out. He would just be in front of me, like non-responsive because he would go into flight. I would go into fight response. And for so long, we wouldn't get anywhere with fights. He continued to just completely disconnect. And I continued to scream being like, why don't you see me? But it's because he literally couldn't. It's a trauma response from, you know, from whatever, but it's a trauma response to check out. And so... Then I learned when I got really emotional to start stepping back. So I don't need to do this as much anymore, but for a while we would get an argument and I would just take space to process it myself, to get back into my own body, to connect back to what I was feeling. Oftentimes the trigger of my relationship went back to my childhood. That's the work. I consider that a lot of the healing work is understanding that your relationship will trigger all your childhood wounds. Every place that you felt unseen, every place you needed somebody to be there when they weren't, every belief you created that's no longer serving you will be triggered in your relationships. For me, it was my romantic partnership. For other people, it could be work. It could be friendships, but your life wants to mirror back to your inner wounding so you can heal it. It's not punishing you. Nobody's mad at you. God isn't smiting you. It's all so that you can find freedom, so that you can live the life that you came here to live, full of freedom, joy, happiness, whatever you strive for. And so for a long time, I would disconnect because my emotions would feel too big, which was another belief from my childhood. My emotions are too big for other people. And then over time, by learning how to regulate myself, like you were saying, through my own emotional work, I can now be in a conversation that's uncomfortable without having to leave. But I did have to give myself permission for a while to leave the room until I was able to put my thoughts together in a calm manner. Because I also think that's very important for healthy communication is to be able to articulate without the emotions. It's not that we can't have emotions, but you're going to trigger somebody else if you're screaming at them. You know, or if I'm bawling my eyes out, I'm not going to get the honest response I want from my partner. He's going to likely try and fix it because he's uncomfortable with me crying so hard. You know, it doesn't mean we can't have tears, but through each relationship, we learn how to show up and when we can feel seen. And for me, it was usually processing those feelings a bit on my own first.
0: Beautiful. That was a beautiful, well said with everything. Um, I think one of the biggest things um, when I have kids is going to be. Helping my children feel seen and validated, without mm-hmm. with, with, with what, however they feel, because I've I've said before is like no matter what people feel with their feelings and emotions, it's not wrong. It's just how they feel, and it's accepting them and supporting them, no matter if we disagree or not. And and I think it's so beautiful that you can see this stuff. You're self aware. A lot of people aren't, you know. And mm-hmm. um, it, like I said, it's coming together. But one of the biggest things I've I've learned is really like taking a pause. And knowing, like, hey, let's just take a breather. Because when we're in that fight or flight mode, I'd be in the fight too. Um, we can't think properly. That loving brain shuts off, right? Mm-hmm. So it's easily just like taking a walk or going to do a little breath work or I don't know, yoga. It could be anything, right? Um, to clear everything out, to really understand how we feel, then to come together as a team. I think so many people just want to be right and they, mm-hmm. they, they, they listen to respond, but they don't listen to understand. And that's yeah. the, that's the issue, right? And I've learned that even from my own upbringing that it's like it's important not to react. And and sometimes it can be challenging. We're not perfect though. We got to remember that we're not perfect humans. I think a lot of people just want to do the right thing all the time. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of like that. Where I'm like, I just want to fucking ace it every time, but we're not perfect. You know, maybe you could touch on that too, where it's like you have a 12 year relationship, it sounds like it's going well. How important is it to, to really know that hey, we're not perfect. And we could still come together with unconditional love.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important. I know somewhere along my relationship, I had to learn that me and my partner weren't the same and that's okay. You know, for a long time, I really was like, we believe the same things. We feel the same way. And if we didn't, I would get like angry. I'd be like, no, you cannot feel that way. Like, no, no. Like it was like a gate, like, nope. Nope. And then he'd always be like, why? Like, this is just how I feel. And Evan just has this beautiful way of making everything not serious. And I can be so freaking serious. I'm a Scorpio. I'm like doing the inner work. I talk about trauma a lot. So like, I can be so serious. But Evan just has this way of like lightening me up, which is just a perfect match for me to somebody who can just take life less seriously. And I think through humor, that's one way that we've always found to come back. You know, he can just, he has this way of just, letting my defenses down with humor, but also me learning that we weren't the same and that, that was okay and we were going to survive was so freeing for me because then I wasn't trying to be something I wasn't either. We both are able to just show up who we are and we have different beliefs and we don't agree on everything and it's okay.
0: How nice is it for him to be that loose? that You you just kind of come down from it. You're like, yeah, okay. All right. You know, It kind of levels you out of it, doesn't it? Does it? Admit?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he just he just laughs at me all the time. He's always yeah. like, oh my God, you take life so seriously. And I'm always like, and then I'm like, yeah, I did it again. I did it again. Yeah, it's
0: okay. Thank you for being so open about your relationship too. Uh, what uh, what zodiac sign is he?
1: He's a Gemini. So we're actually not supposed to get wow. along apparently, oh, wow. but it yeah. works
0: out. <laughs> yeah, it's working out. I'm a Scorpio too. That's so okay, funny. Okay, funny. Don't we get a bad rap? <laughs> Don't we yes. get it? Gosh.
1: Yeah, yeah we get a really bad rap.
0: We do. We're very passionate, very yeah. passionate people, and loyal yeah, we're too. We're very loyal, very loyal. Yeah, very misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. So the last subject I want to bring up today is this is a special subject to me. I know that you're you're very spiritual as well, like me, and um, I want to talk about energy. Energy is is like I don't think a lot of people focus too much on it. And it's, it's one of the most important things for me to be self-aware of. Um, You know, I think that we all have the ability to feel into our energy from our heart space and to send it out to the people we love unconditionally. And I know that can hit them right in the heart. How, how important is it for you to focus on your energy? and, And do you, can you relate with that? Do you feel that, you know, that can happen for you in your own experience?
1: Yes. So I think focusing on your energy field is super important. I have energy practices for boundaries. That's like a like a non-negotiable for me as an empathic, highly sensitive. And I don't know if you're into human design, but I'm a reflector, which it just means I, if I'm in a room with somebody, I feel their energy very clearly. And for a long time, I didn't understand that. So I think that understanding that we're energetic beings is super important because sometimes when we're feeling feelings, we're actually not feeling our own feelings. So I think, like you said, with that unconditional love practice, that's super important. And then also learning how to clear, cleanse, and like clean our energy fields is also really important. Those are two practices I I do regularly.
0: That's beautiful. I'm an empath too, so I know what you mean. Feeling those emotions and energy in the same room. You could walk into it and be like... Ooh, I don't know. Somebody needs a little sage session. <laughs> I, I like to work with incense and sage every day and to meditate. And to. I think gratitude is one of the like things that you could reach for your energy. Like your highest energy and frequency is just showing gratitude all the time, right? And um, gosh, it's so funny. Boundaries, interesting. I want to learn more about that. So you, so you focus in on your energy and, and other things with other people with your boundaries. I want to hear more about that.
1: Yeah. So I think our energy fields are just like our bodies. They need to be cleaned and cleansed, right? Like you wouldn't go a week without showering. I don't think we should go a week without clearing out our energy fields either. We pick up stuff all the time throughout the day because there's people who take on other people's energies and then there's people who throw their energy. And I'm sure you kind of understand what that means, like where there's those people who just throw how they're feeling at people and then there's people who take it on. I've always been a take oner. So I've always, kind of carried other people's energy like a burden. So learning that a lot of that energy wasn't mine was really important. And then learning to create energetic boundaries. So for me, I visualize like a, a circle around myself every day. It's gold. Sometimes I bring some animals in, sometimes it gets real weird and hippie with angels, or sometimes it's just this gold ring that I just view as my energetic space. Like it's like a foot outside me, three feet, eight feet, whatever I feel like that day. Yeah, And I just visualize it and that's my right. space. And I set that space and I, it helps because you're, you're telling the energetic world that you're taking up space. I believe that, you know, spirits in the spiritual realm will push on your boundaries just as much as humans will. And so they need you to set your boundaries as well. And it's just setting, setting that space. I set it for my house. Like I, all the time too. just the four corners of my house. I set it as a sacred protective space as well, because I've just found throughout my life that people will bring energy into your house and they'll like, leave it there. And it's hard to explain, but you're like, somebody just left like Mm -hmm. some bad juju here. Like I got to get rid of that. And so I find that using energetic boundary practices to be helpful for sensitive people.
0: Yeah, that's me too that's so great that you're bringing this up because uh, I just went to the store like the other day and I came across a guy. He didn't, I just didn't, I, I can, I can, I can feel people when they feel down, maybe even depressed. Right. And I can mm-hmm. feel it. So like, I remember leaving the store and I felt this like heavy feeling on my chest and I'm like, Oh God, I got to clear this out. It's not me. And even people that are in our lives or may, may not be, we can feel other people's emotions from a distance too. That is not mm-hmm. our own emotions. I think when you, when it's so cool that you do this, one of the other things too, I think the challenge too, for a lot of people, um, in today's society, we are, it's such, there's such like a hookup culture out there with people, just mm. like, it's like changing shoes. Like, it's like, you know, people are just leaving the, the next person, the next person, the next person. I don't think people realize that they're exchanging energy, energies with these people when they're sleeping with them. That are, that are not gonna be around at all. And I'm so careful with who I connect with. You know, I'm so careful with that. And I think that that's a, an important thing to bring up too is that we're exchanging energies all the time, even when we're intimate with people that may not be around.
1: Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up. Um, I don't usually talk about this, but yeah, I think that Sorry. sex energies. No, 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 I love it. Okay, I'm just okay. like, oh, I never really talk about this. Um, cuz nobody ever asks. Um, I believe sex energies is one of the most powerful energies. It creates life. It is creation itself. Of course, you form an energetic bond with somebody you had sex with. It is literally life force touching life force. That is the most powerful One of the most powerful forces we have on this planet. I mean, we take it for granted with like hookup culture and the way that we sleep around at this point. A lot of people is that is that is very, very intense energy and it's binding. And not that you can't unbind from it, but if you're unconsciously sleeping around, I believe that, you know, from my own experience of the energies I've had to clear out anybody i've had sex with it's there's had to be a cord cutting there's had to be a a looking at it witnessing it forgiving myself for that energetic exchange and releasing it
0: so true that's what i've done too I think it's it's cutting ties like you said yeah with the, the cutting ties of it with other people that we've been with but the, it's that karmic depth that the karmic energy that comes into us that we have to clear that i've done for myself but it's such a it's such a gift to be able to be intimate with someone else because you're intertwining your souls with the person and the energy the bond connection and love and It's just, it's very precious. So I just want people to know out there that are listening, like, be careful, be careful with who you come in contact with and take your time. I think one of the biggest things we can have is an emotional connection, you know, because there's, it's just, there's, there's no, it's an empty feeling if you're with someone that you can't have a connection with, I truly believe. So I think it's important to be aware of, and thank you for being able to touch on the subject with me. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I think it's just important to be intentional with everything we do. And I think that some people when it comes to sex aren't intentional. And I think it's an area where it's just really important, like you said, to have intention and to be cautious of, because I think that, I think that we just don't all understand the entire energetic effects of everything. I believe we create energetic bonds with really everybody we meet, but I just find some of those sexual interactions can be really entangled within us.
0: Right. And it's good. It's good to be self-aware of it. Um, so thank you for touching on with me. So coming down to the end of this episode, I want to know what do you have planned going forward for yourself? Um, I think you're doing amazing with what you're doing with your podcast, uh, similar to what I'm doing, just helping people with your own experiences, being vulnerable and open. What What's next on the radar for you? What are you going to be doing going forward?
1: So right now I'm continuing the podcast, which I love. And I'm also working on a memoir, actually. I'm putting my story into into prose i guess into into words so that's kind of where my energy's been focused these days
0: i'm stoked for you i think i think you're doing such an amazing job with everything you do and like i said your point of view is is, is just on point point. and i think the more people can be vulnerable like us where they can just go and be open with people about their journeys and experiences it's very healing but it it vulnerability breeds vulnerability I've always said this, and I think it's just awesome with what you're doing, and I'm so excited for what's to come for you, and I think it's just going to keep getting better and better for yourself, and I just appreciate you from a soul standpoint. I think you got such a beautiful soul, and I think that you're just going to keep climbing to the top with whatever you do. So just thank you for jumping onto my podcast. I think we touched some beautiful stuff that I think people can relate on, but also it's going to help them with their own journeys going forward. So I just appreciate you so much.
1: Thank you. And I appreciate you too. And I love what you're doing because I think it's so important for men to also talk about mental health and also to have these type of conversations and to be vulnerable. As we touched on, I think it can be harder for men. And so I think that it's such a beautiful gift that you're giving as well, having these conversations with people.
0: Thank you. I think all men deserve to be emotionally available and to be able to connect with the, the deeper emotions and feelings that they have. And I think that's going to, that's going to for them they'll evolve but they'll also be able to create healthy relationships with their partners and whoever they're engaged with in a relationship so thank you so much for the kind words and um let's stay connected okay i appreciate you yes. so much
1: yes thank you so much it was so great to connect with you
0: Take my eyes off your baby. Let me love your baby. I you when you like it. Let me do it for you. If you wanna my attention, dive into that ocean. Of your love. Oh. Let me show you just how much I want. Yeah.